But anyway, Zach, I want to move on to the Viking side of things before we move on to the NBA here. Because how big of a threat are the Vikings to the Lions to win the NFC North? Zach, the mic is yours once more. Yeah, so this is one where I'm not going to overreact a ton. I wanted to say again, props to Kirk Cousins. We know this guy has a little bit of a reputation of just not really performing at his best in primetime when the lights are the brightest. But this was, again, I, I think it could have been the best game of his career considering the stage, considering the opponent. And when you look at this Vikings team, it's crazy. All of a sudden, after early on in the season, they start off 0-3. They're looking dead. They have now won a couple games here, and they are sitting in the NFC North at 3-4 and four with a pretty manageable schedule, right? They have a huge game this week going on the road to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers. We know those teams are huge rivals in the same division. So they have a very manageable schedule the next four weeks. And all of a sudden, if they were to win that game in Lambeau Field next week, they're going to be sitting at 500 in 4-4. Four and four. <laughs> And um, the Lions lost this past weekend, and they were looking like, after uh, their win in Tampa Bay two weeks ago, they were looking like one of the better teams in the NFC. I do not think the Vikings are going to be able to catch Detroit. I still feel pretty confident that Detroit is going to win this division. But at the same time, kind of like uh, what we were talking about with San Francisco and Seattle, they still have to play each other twice. So if Minnesota really wants to mess around and do it, they'll have a chance. I'll give you my concern with the Vikings, though, Will, and here's what it is, right? I still don't think they're good enough to catch Detroit. I still feel pretty confident the Lions are going to win this division. But Kirk Cousins, he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. And I think he's good enough, like he did on Monday Night Football, to win some games for this Viking team that not a lot of people will see coming. And maybe that will just take them out of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. We spoke about this last week. I know I remember you brought up the Vikings as literally the team you thought should be the most desperate to tank for Caleb Williams. And I don't think they're really going to be able to do that unless Kirk Cousins is out of the picture. And also Kirk has the no trade clause. I don't think he wants to go anywhere midseason. But then at the same time, he's a free agent after the season. And I don't think Minnesota necessarily wants to bring him back long term. And on one hand, I kind of see where they're coming from. They don't think they're good enough to win a Super Bowl. Kirk Cousins is good enough to win a Super Bowl. And we have evidence of that, uh, that giant playoff game, you know, throwing the ball five, six yards short of the, of, uh, the sticks on fourth down. That, that wasn't a great look. But at the same time, if the Vikings do decide to move on from Kirk Cousins, I don't think it's a guarantee that you're going to find someone better. Like, I still think that's a risky move. Now, uh, they have a new head coach, Kevin O'Connell. It's only his second year. He called a great game, by the way. I thought he did, he did. a great job of really exposing Steve Wilkes on the other side of the ball. And uh, they have a new GM in Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, who, it's interesting, this Viking team won the division last year. They won. 13 games, but they still, this offseason kind of went with a competitive rebuild type approach, selling off a bunch of pieces. And you also have Justin Jefferson's future. Like they have to do whatever they can to get him back. Does he like playing with Kirk Cousins? If they try to get another quarterback and it doesn't work, would that drive him out the door? I don't know. Addison looks like a stud. So I just think the Vikings are going to be one of the more intriguing teams we look at this offseason because I think it could go in a number of different directions. Yeah, I think they are a threat. Now, it might not be a big threat, but they are a threat in the sense that the Vikings or the Lions, excuse me, thought that they was going to win this division by Thanksgiving. Nah, it's not going to be that easy. And we saw it on Monday with the Vikings and we saw it on Sunday with the Ravens and how they torched them up. Now, we could dive into that on the back end. But, you know, we do have to give credit to Brian Flores and Kevin O'Connell. 
But before we get there, there's one point that I want to drive home. The reason why the Vikings are a threat is because they are a better team than they were last year. And I know a lot of people is thinking that I'm going to be, or I'm trying to clickbait Chase over here by making that statement because they went 13-4 and last year and they're not even over 500 right now, but they are. Last year, they were more lucky than they were good. And they was exposed. Everything about last year was very unsustainable. Okay? They had more luck than a daggone, what am I looking for? Than a leprechaun. Okay? That's how much luck they had last year. And they were exposed in the playoffs in the first round because of that luck. This year, they are more unlucky, but they are better. And sometimes wins and losses are not indicative of where a team is as far as improvement or lack thereof. Now, when you talk about Brian Flores, right, I thought he called a very good game, you know, and the stats back it up. He's been better for this team, you know, with his blitz-heavy approach. If you can't cover a B, you and me, then you might as well be aggressive, okay, and go for it. And that's what they've been doing. And you talk about, you know, there's a only one passer that has stood for 275 yards plus, you know, in the season against the Vikings defense. It was only one quarterback, and I'm guessing that quarterback was Justin Herbert, but I may be wrong. I'm not sure. But bottom line, they played quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy. That's a good sign. Another thing, too, is that the run defense only allowed two 100-yard games compared to double that this time last year. Okay? So my stats actually back up what I'm saying in my statement about them being better this year than, than they were last year. And then another thing on top of that is guys like um, Cam um, Bynum had two interceptions in this game alone on Monday, okay? And last year, my guy was nowhere to be found, okay? He's breaking out this year. So Brian Flores has got the best of this roster that was very, you know, terrible on that side of the ball and lost their best players on that side of the ball on top of that. So that's the defense, defensive coordinator and what changing that can do for your team. And um, Kevin O'Connell, he called the great game, as you alluded to. There was one play in particular where he had three receivers on one side. He motioned TJ Hawkinson, and then they ran like a shallow with him. And then it put Addison on the linebacker, and that's a mismatch right there. And he caught a 18-yard, 20-yard touchdown pass from Kirk Cousins. So that's the X's and O's right there. And they just beat this team down the stretch. And I'm thinking – you know, they are going to be a threat because guess what? They are 2-0 without their best player, Justin Jefferson. So we have to be mindful of that. You think the same team that went 13-4 last year, when all them close games, will win games without Justin Jefferson? Hell no. But they are doing that this year. Why? Because they are a better football team than they were last year, and the record may not show that thus far. But the Vikings, excuse me, the Lions, okay, and I ain't lying. I, I'm not scared of lions and tigers and bears, but you should be scared of this Vikings team right now. I just think, again, kind of uh, like what we said about the 49ers and just how quickly things have changed for them in the last two weeks. I think that really does apply to the Vikings, too, because, you know, they played well against Kansas City. That was a pretty competitive game, but they ended up dropping that game in uh, week number six or week number five, I should say. And all of a sudden, after that loss, they were sitting uh, – at a one and four record and their season looked over and all of a sudden they've won their last two games and they're sitting at three and four right now. And 
the schedule is key. Like their next four games, listen to this at Green Bay, at Atlanta, hosting the Saints, at Denver. There is not one game in the next four that is not winnable. The question is, do we trust them to actually get it done? Like, I don't even know what the, what I think or what I would predict their record is in their next four-game stretch, but there's nothing there that is inconceivable. Like, they should be pretty competitive in all of those games. And I just think the dynamic – like, what – if you were a Viking fan, what would you even be rooting for? Like, do you want Kirk Cousins here long-term? Do you not? Do you want a top-five draft pick? Like, I just don't know – if I was a fan rooting for this team, like what direction I would want them to go in. And to be honest, from like a large picture standpoint, I think that's the problem with a competitive rebuild. Because if you say like, oh, we're going to get rid of the majority of our talent, but still have some talent, like enough to compete, but we're not going all in to win. I think this is what could happen sometimes. There are a bunch of other teams and fan bases, I think, around the NFL that are kind of experiencing this right now that like, oh, One week you get blown out and you're saying to yourself, man, like we have no shot. The season is over. But all of a sudden you win a game here, you win a game there. And I think also this is a result of some of the changes made in the schedule within the last few years, adding an extra game, adding an extra playoff team. It's making things a little bit more competitive. And I think for the people in higher power positions, it's giving their job a little bit of a twist. Like I just think the Vikings and the Vikings are one of them. They're just like so many teams in the NFL that don't really have a clear path or a clear direction right now. And it kind of goes to uh, our segment last week too, about like the big picture of the NFL and like how competitive things are. It's the definition of a week to week league. And you just have no idea what to expect. I'm just going to briefly talk about the future outlook thing that you just discussed, right? Because I don't really want to stress out my brain right now because I really don't know what they should do and what they can do with the position that they are in, barring that they continue to win games, you know, especially against teams that they are supposed to lose to, like the 49ers. But I would say that maybe a Kyler Murray trade happens. That was always a a prediction that I had in my mind that I never really expressed on the show, but it was in my mind that I really do think they may trade for a guy like Kyler Murray. I think there's a chance that Kyler Murray gets traded this year upon returning back to full health. I really could see that happening. Because I think the Cardinals are trying to look elsewhere. I think they're going to try to gear up for Caleb Williams and, you know, the guy from North Carolina and try to get a quarterback of the future. And I think they're going to trade Kyler Murray once he shows the league that he still has some value and is still healthy. And I think the Vikings could and should be on that call because Kirk Cousins is going to walk. You're going to give him a third contract, another contract extension where we know he'll have games like Monday night. Okay, woohoo! He won a primetime game. Hallelujah! He's a top 10 quarterback. Now he's not. Okay? And there's a cap. No you cap. You Troy Aikman said, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Troy Aikman, you should know better. Okay? But, yes, there's a cap. No cap. And I ain't lying. But, um, yes, I think Kyler Murray makes a lot of sense because you do have your two cornerstones in Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson. And all you need is a quarterback, and you're probably not going to get a young quarterback unless you purdy out and get a quarterback late, you know, that you could find a jam, a diamond in the rough. But I don't see how they map that situation. But what I know is that they are a threat to the Lions. And another reason why is because, guess what, Zach? Nobody talked about this yet. TJ Hawkinson is still here, and the Lions, ironically, traded TJ Hawkinson within division. And that's why I don't like moves like that. Because if Justin Jefferson goes down, which he did, 
and they have no TJ Hawkinson, they will still have a hole at tight end. And now we just worried about Addison. But no, you got TJ Hawkinson. So the Lions, although they are building something, you know, it looks like they're building something, they have made moves that I scratch my head about. And this was one of those moves. You never trade in division. And you gave Kirk Cousins another weapon who went off on Monday and who was going to have to step up to the plate the more games that Justin Jefferson misses out on. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, Vegas gives the Vikings, like, a somewhat decent shot to win the division and at least much better than uh, the Packers and the Bears. They're sitting right now at plus 470, Packers at around plus 1,100. So, yeah, uh, you you know the Undertaker gif of him just, like, coming out of uh, the dead, rising out of the casket. That's the Vikings right now. I'm just curious, like, what do their fans want? Because it wasn't that long ago on this show, like, you said they should be the most desperate team for Caleb Williams. Like, they should just go, go all out focus on tanking this year and get the quarterback to try to save them. But that's the NFL. All of a sudden they win two games kind of out of nowhere. You look at their schedule. The next four games are very manageable. And all of a sudden they're in the middle of the thick of things. And uh, I think this question, I, I've I've seen it uh, in baseball this past year too. Like there were a ton of teams at the trade deadline that had to make a, a tough decision. Like what direction do we go in? Do we buy or do we sell? We don't love the team we have right now, but there's still some good pieces and we're still in range of a playoff spot. But how much do we believe in this team to actually get something done this year? I think there are going to be a bunch of teams facing that decision uh, at the trade deadline coming up in the next few weeks as well. And uh, I'm curious to see where they go because there are a ton of teams that could I could see really going in either direction. And the Vikings are one of them. couple more points, right? Because I do want to get to the Lions side of things here. But um, before we do, I want to give a shout out to my guy, Kenny, who's watching the show right now. You know, my good bro. We came from the sandbox. Now, I mean, I, I have to, you know, I can't act like he's a stranger. I always got to, you know, make sure I acknowledge him, especially when he comment. But um, I think with this Vikings team, right, and the way how they are not fully committing to the rebuild, the full rebuild, it's this competitive rebuild. It actually makes them more competitive in the future. But they have to be smart about how they address the quarterback position going forward. Because if they can trade for... A quarterback for example the jets they didn't have time to develop a young quarterback because they had a win now roster they had the defense they had the wide receivers they had the cornerbacks they had everything so they had to trade for a veteran quarterback or any quarterback and rogers was the guy they traded for the vikings by them winning games and by addison having games as a rookie the way how he had on monday night he's ready Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the league for a reason. He's ready. So, you know, the defense is only going to get better. They're going to be ready in the future. You may have to trade for a quarterback. I don't think you can have the time to develop a young quarterback. Maybe you trade for a Kyler or a veteran quarterback and try to go forward there. Now, before I go to the Lions, Zach, if you want to respond to that, I mean, by all means. Like, are we confident that whoever that guy is is going to be better than Kirk Cousins? Because I'm not. And, well, and that's kind of the, the tough position. I that's consider, a dilemma. Right? That's a dilemma. But Kirk Cousins is getting older. Kyler Murray is still younger. Yes, he's expensive. But like I said, when he comes back to the to the Cardinals, it's going to show a lot about his value. And I think if he looks good with a team that clearly is rebuilding, then he should look better on a team that's on the upwards, if that makes any sense. I'm telling you now, man, I think this decision, like what they do at the quarterback position, 
and I'm not saying like they should make a certain move. I, I agree. I, I still think there are a ton of questions to be answered from now until the end of the season. But I think this decision they're going to make at quarterback is going to be so big that it might even determine Justin Jefferson's future in Minnesota. Because if they bring in Kyler or someone else who they might think they have a higher ceiling with, but it just busts and it doesn't work, that could be what drives Justin Jefferson out the door. I understand that Kirk Cousins, he isn't the elite quarterback that a lot of these teams are looking for. But at the same time, at least you know what you're getting. And at times, like we saw on Monday night, he could deliver and he could win you games. And we know what Jefferson is doing uh, or what he could do with Cousins. I'm curious, like, what does he think about it deep down? Like, does he like playing with Cousins? Would he prefer him to stay there going forward? I'm not sure, but I'm just saying if the Vikings decide to move on from Cousins and take a pretty big risk, whoever they bring in next at that position, if it doesn't work, they have to realize the consequences that could be made within that decision, and it could drive the best receiver in the league out of town because he's not secured in Minnesota for the long term just yet. And this consequences, whatever, of winning games and winning the game that you're supposed to lose is that you move yourself in the middle of nowhere. But I do think that they are a threat to the Lions. And, you know, speaking of the Lions, real quickly here, um, I'm not going to overreact to their loss. Even though they got slaughtered by the Ravens, I'm not going to overreact there. You know, Zach is out again. The metaverse is alive. Okay, the metaverse. But um, I'm not going to overreact as I pick up where I left off to the Lions losing and getting slaughtered by the Ravens, okay, as Zach is back on. You know, you got to keep things going. This is show business, okay? Now, I mean, we live here. But, um, Zach, you you good? Yeah, I'm going to stop looking at standings. Yeah, it's all good, man. It's all good. The metaverse don't agree with you. But, it's you know, we here. Yeah, so take it from the top. When you talk about the Lions, right, I just think that, you know, Lamar Jackson, you look at his record, he's 16-1, and one, okay, against NFC teams. That's for a reason. Like, I don't think that's a stat where you just overlook and be like, ah, whatever, ah, nah, nah, nah. It's a real stat. You need to dive into that. Why is he 16-1 and one against the NFC? And that's because the NFC don't play Lamar Jackson like that on a regular basis to know the tendencies of Lamar Jackson. He's a very good instructor and outstructure quarterback. And I think they were exposed. And when you have drives that, well, they was exposed to the Lamar Jackson being better than the, they were exposed to the Lamar Jackson NFC record is what I mean. And, you know, you're going, you know, to Baltimore. It's a 1 p.m. game. Lamar Jackson is better than he was the last couple of years, in my honest opinion, because he's showing that he's a better passer. So he's harder to game plan for, especially when you don't play him on a regular basis. And on top of that, the Lions didn't help themselves out. They had a couple three and out drives. I believe their first three drives was three and out. Now your defense is tied. And now you have the Ravens who is just slicing you up methodically and you can't even get off the field with them. So now you're on the field more and now you're tied. So their defense had no shot to win this game because their offense could have sustained drives. And Jamison Williams is a guy who I want to bring up here. He needs to get his act together. It's bad enough my guy out here gambling, okay, out here betting on games. He, he needs to be out here catching balls. There was a deep ball that Jared Goff, dude, that hit him in the face mask, and he dropped a couple passes. He needs to get his act together because part of the intrigue and why I still think the Lions are going to win this division, yeah, two games up helps. It's because of that dynamic that Jamison Williams bring along with Jameer Gibbs. 
being that deep threat that can get behind the defense. But when you're dropping passes like that, now I'm a little bit more worried. So I'm not going to overreact. I think the Ravens was a bad matchup. I picked the Ravens to win from the beginning because I know Lamar Jackson is a tough guy to prepare for when you don't see him like that. But still, they need to be mindful of the Vikings here because the Vikings could spoil a cakewalk to having home court. Like the Vikings could ruin them not getting home court, if that makes sense. Yeah, and they still have to play each other twice. And I'm looking at it too. They play two of the last three weeks of the season. They play week 18. So maybe that's the primetime game for the division for all we know. I wanted to say though, I agree. I, I think it's a really good point about Lamar and the unfamiliarity when you're an NFC uh, team playing against him because we're seeing that uh, a little bit with the Patriots, right? Their only two wins on the year are against Buffalo and the Jets. Those are two teams in the AFC East that they know really well. Like think about how much time over the years Bill Belichick has spent game planning Josh Allen and Sean McDermott and, and that offense. He definitely has had some tricks up uh, his sleeve that he helped uh, use uh, help them uh, win that game. Same thing could be said for the Jets. Uh, we know just how well the Patriots have played against the Jets in that series over the course of the last few years. And when it comes to Lamar Jackson in that spot, Detroit had no answers. I agree. I'm not going to overreact either. The only thing is, though, like, Jared Goff playing in the cold still scares me a little bit. I think for Detroit and Miami, like those two teams in particular, it is just really, really important if they have legitimate Super Bowl aspirations for those two teams in particular to get the number one seed in their conference and just get as many home games as possible. Because when you're playing in their buildings, they have the clear advantage. I believe when they're at home, they probably, yeah, they have a chance to beat basically anyone who comes into their building and I don't feel the same way about those two teams when they're going on the road. And for Detroit, it's one game. I'm not going to panic. I will say, though, they do have a little bit of an extended rest. They'll play on Monday Night Football this week against the Raiders. Uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to play in that game. But even if he does, the Lions, you got to make a statement there. That's not a game you could mess around in coming off the loss. I want to see them play well and uh, really just handle the Raiders. There's no reason for them not to. Please like and subscribe for all the up-to-date content. We've been slinging shows left and right, slinging content left and right. Please don't miss anything. If you do, like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a question, something you may want to answer, something you may have. All ideas are great ideas. Nothing's a dumb question.